the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. Yes, indeed, and a good morning to you. Seven minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock, and we're underway. It's a Tuesday edition of Always Right. It's the eighth morning of the second month of the year of our Lord, 2022. And we've got a great guest coming up for you. You know who he is already. It's probably why you tuned in this morning, because we all tune in to hear Peter Kersenow. If I hear Kersenow is going to be on one of the Fox shows, even if it's a Fox show I don't regularly watch, I turn it on because I want to Peter Kersenow. He's just, he's just that good. He's just that good. He's just that brilliant. And we're very lucky to have him as a weekly guest for nearly an hour a week on AM 1420, The Answer. So Peter Kirsten now at 1010 today. I am looking forward to that. You are as well, no doubt. But before then, we have a lot of opportunity to talk with one another. I will welcome your phone calls for the hour at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Either one of those is just hunky-dory with me. Uh, but dial us up. We'll get you on the radio in the first hour. Second hour is going to be tougher for you to do because, again, we've got Pete for virtually the entire hour, and uh, we love that. So Peter Kirsten now joins us at 10. You can join us whenever you are ready. We have a lot of very important stuff to get into. Did you know that protesting vaccine mandates is also a threat to democracy. You know, just like protesting outside the Capitol, a stolen election is a threat to democracy. It's an insurrection. Apparently that's what they're calling on CNN. That's what they're calling the trucker convoy, the freedom convoy. The one in uh, Canada and the one that is being planned here. It's a threat to democracy. How about that? I always thought that democracy in action, which of course is part of our status as a representative republic, it's very important to make that distinction because there are a lot of people on the left who don't know that we are not a democracy, but that we are a system of democracy in terms of voting for our representatives to make decisions for us in our great republic. But uh, it's just important to do that. But um, our, our 
system of government apparently can be threatened by people protesting. You know, that's the kind of thing that led to um, the denial of rights to speak out against the government in despotic regimes, in dictatorial, totalitarian, or authoritarian governments um, throughout world history. That protesting is is um, uh, insurrection. That those who protest are traitors or guilty of uh, sedition at the very least. This is what they're calling what's going on right now in uh, Canada uh, over on CNN. And I find that just simply, well, spot on point for CNN. It is exactly in their character. It is exactly who they are. And we're going to talk a little bit about that this hour. Also coming up in the opening monologue, Joe Rogan um, has has screwed it up. Joe Rogan has screwed it up. And one former president is calling him out for it. What am I talking about? I'll tell you in the opening monologue, which follows our Pledge of Allegiance. And don't stand yet, because I don't want to make you stand too long. Before we, t- I ask you to stand for our pledge, I asked yesterday for listeners who are able to, to snap a picture on their, their smartphone, most likely, uh, and send it to my inbox on Facebook. And you can find me on Facebook by name. You can't access my profile, you know, my page, because um, it's you know limited to friends only, and I'm friend-limited out. But you can send a direct message, even if we're not friends on Facebook. So if you find me by name on Facebook and then click send a message, then you can send me a message with the picture that I asked for yesterday. And what I asked for yesterday, uh, people have responded to. My inbox is starting to get filled up with pictures of people's American flags. I love it. I just absolutely love it. I started talking about it yesterday. If you missed yesterday's show, everybody knows I do the pledge every day, and everybody knows that I've bragged about how many people come up to me when I'm out in public, and people say, thank you for doing the pledge. I I face my flag every day. And other people started telling me I don't have a flag, so I invented one. And they put postage stamps on their dashboards with American flags, or they put up pictures or flags hanging from their rearview mirrors, or whatever it is, kitchen magnets on their refrigerators, you know? And I loved it. And I said, I want to see more of those. Um, I am just a few days away from launching the, the brand new alwaysright.us website, which is going to feature a lot of really cool stuff. It's going to have my video of the day with video commentary of something that's going on. I'll have a blog. Uh, there'll be a news uh, uh, a section for the latest conservative news and issues. Um, it's going to have a, a store. We're going to have a store with all kinds of Always Right merchandise that's going to be available to you and uh, conservative, patriotic stuff. It's going to be great. And one of the areas we're going to have is a photo gallery on alwaysright.us. And in that photo gallery, I intend to put as many of your pictures as you send me of your flag so that when we do our pledge each and every day, uh, people will know what's going on because sometimes people don't believe me. You don't actually think people are standing up in their kitchens, do you? You don't think people are actually putting their hand on their heart and saying the pledge with you as they drive to work at 915 every day, do you? And the answer to that question is, yes, I do. I do believe that. Who would lie about it? Why would they lie about it? And so now I'm going to put, prove it. So I'm asking you, if you face a flag every day when we do the pledge, snap a picture of it and send your flag to me, whatever it may be, however you do it. I want to put it up uh, on my on my webpage, which is being built as we speak, alwaysright.us. So uh, send those to me at Facebook, on Facebook, 
And if you want, I am on Getter, which I actually use now. Getter is G-E-T-T-R. If you have that social media platform, please uh, send it to me there as well. Post it. Just set, you know, direct it to always write W-H-K. That's my name on Getter. Always write W-H-K. All right? Send me a picture of your flag, whatever you face every day when you do our pledge, so I can put them in that photo gallery. Now, after having rambled about the importance of that, now I would like to ask you to go ahead and stand. Stand for us, if you would. Put your hand on your heart. Face that flag of yours, however real or makeshift it may be. And if you are a Biden voter, if you are a Spotify fan that thinks Joe Rogan should be canceled, if you are a believer in the JCPOA and restoring the rights of the Iranians to continue nuclear development, if you are a believer in Brandon's foreign policy vis-a-vis Russia and Ukraine, if you are a believer that protests equal a threat to democracy and an insurrection, well, you probably don't believe in these words anyway. So why don't you go ahead and take a knee in your home, wherever you might be. Go ahead, hit a knee. Pretend you're kneeling alongside your favorite ex-quarterback. For the rest of us, let's do this. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen to that. Joe Rogan messed it up. Joe Rogan screwed up. How did Joe Rogan screw up? By bringing on doctors and scientists who have actual COVID experience, who have actual mRNA experience, and allowing them to give their opinions on the risk-reward factor of getting shots, the way Joe Joe Rogan did? No, that's not a screw-up. By touting the use of therapeutics like ivermectin and monoclonal antibodies to recover from his own bout with covid thereby telling people that there are treatments instead of preventatives like vaccines. Did he screw up there? Nope, he didn't screw up there. By his appropriate use of the N-word nine years ago on some of his old podcasts, long before he ever came to Spotify, in discussing the appropriate use uh, appropriateness of the use of the N-word. No, that's not a screw-up either. Because I believe, honestly, if you're going to talk about the appropriateness of the word, you ought to be able to use it in the context. If you're not using it to intimidate, threaten, uh, insult, offend somebody, but you're discussing the nature of the history of the word, you should be able to use that word to discuss it. I don't think you screwed up there either, even though that is what the left is using to try to cancel him and remove him from his $100 million contract that he has with Spotify. And by the way, We talked about it briefly yesterday. Immense kudos and applause for the good people over at Rumble. Rumble is the best video service on the market that doesn't cancel people the way YouTube video does, the way Vimeo video services does. Rumble has offered Joe Rogan an opportunity to keep his $100 million contract by bringing it over to Rumble. Leave Spotify, come to Rumble, we'll pay you the same amount, and we won't censor your videos, past, present, or future. Your video slash podcast. So that's just outstanding. So if Joe Rogan didn't mess up there, 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 or there, then why am I saying he, he dropped the ball? And what former president is calling him out for dropping the ball? And the answer is, of course... Joe Rogan made the cardinal sin when the left tries to cancel you. Joe Rogan apologized. 
it's the one mistake that simply cannot be made. It's the one thing you don't do, ever. Don't give cancel culture, don't give the American left the satisfaction of apologizing, thinking it will be accepted, and that disagreements will be forgiven, and that you can move forward with your career. Because you can't. That's not how the left operates. The left doesn't accept apologies and say, all right, go go ye forth and sin no more. The left says, now we've got them. That's what the left says. He apologized. Not accepted. You must be forever unemployable. That is what the left says to anybody who runs afoul of the left. Anybody who runs afoul of wokeism. Anybody who runs afoul of BLM and Marxism. Anybody who runs afoul of anything having to do with with liberal orthodoxy or leftist orthodoxy. If you apologize, you are crushing yourself. And Joe Rogan, in a manner of speaking, apologized. And that was his big mistake. Joe Rogan, in publishing his uh, video in which he tried to explain, and I thought he did a fair job of it, to be quite frank, explain away the use of the N-word in discussions about the appropriateness of the use of the N-word, not to insult, offend, or be racist. He also said, it's my biggest regret, and I'm terribly sorry. I'm paraphrasing him, of course. I wish I hadn't done that. Uh, I chose to delete those. These were long before my current you know, uh, podcast partner, which, of course, is Spotify. Uh, I've been doing this for 12 years. There's a lot of things I've said that I've regretted, because when you speak uh, for 12 years, you know, a few hours a day doing these podcasts, you're eventually going to say some things that are stupid. I know this. I've been doing radio for 25 years. I have said many stupid things. I've said many things that I wish I hadn't phrased a certain way. I don't think I've said anything that I would say I flat-out regret, at least with intent. May have come out clumsily or clunkily. Because is clunkily? Can, if something is a clunker, can it be clunkily? Maybe. Um, it may come out that way unintentionally, and that's what I mean. When you speak as often, when you say thousands and thousands of words a day uh, and millions and millions a year, uh, yeah, some of them can be wrong, the wrong ones. We all do that. But what Joe Rogan has done now by apologizing has given the enemy uh, all of the ammunition he needs to try to destroy his career. Now remember, this is important. He was not being canceled because of the use of the N-word over nine years ago in some of his podcast discussions. He was being canceled because he let scientists speak without interrupting them, without correcting them, and without saying, what are you talking about, Dr. Robert Malone? Everybody should get the profit shots. Everybody should be vaccinated. Vax once, vax twice, vax three, vax four. Keep on vaxing until they're done telling you, which will never happen, of course, until they're done telling you to boost. You boost a third, you boost a fourth, you boost a fifth, until Dr. Fauci said that's enough boosting for now. And that, of course, will never happen. It'll be once a year, twice a year, maybe once a quarter, so that's four times a year. Got to boost, got to boost. Omicron is gone, but here comes the next one. Here comes the one after that, and so on and so forth. Boost, 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 boost. Keep jamming your body full of these experimental toxins. We have no idea what they're going to do in the long term, because the long term has not yet passed. Just keep on doing it. That's what Joe Rogan should be telling these doctors who come on. 
That is the reason they tried to cancel him. And when they couldn't cancel him over that, when Neil Young failed in his attempt to say, I'm going to pull my music if they don't pull his podcast, when he failed at that, they said, we got to find another way to silence this guy we cannot control. And I talked about this yesterday. Joe Rogan is not a conservative. He's not on our side on most of the issues or a lot of the issues. Quite frankly, I don't know if he's on our side on many issues at all or against us. The nice thing about the guy is he seems to be very apolitical, meaning he's just kind of a centrist. He'll discuss political issues from whatever standpoint that there is, and he'll allow anybody of either side of a political ideological issue to be heard on it. And again, whether it's health-related, medical-related, political, foreign policy, whatever, he just allows people to talk. He asks probing questions and allows people to talk and then offers his opinions based on those things. It's actually pretty refreshing. But Joe Rogan made the cardinal mistake of apologizing. He apologized to the cancel culture, essentially saying, I wish I hadn't done that. I self-deleted X number of podcasts uh, from my, my, my archives. Uh, so nobody can ever hear those again and ever be completely destroyed emotionally by the sound of that word in an intellectual discussion of the appropriateness of the sound of that word. And if you don't think uh, I know what I'm talking about with respect to not apologizing to the cancel culture, uh, these words might carry a little bit more weight. The 45th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, through a statement issued by his Save America PAC, said yesterday, Joe Rogan is an interesting and popular guy, but he's got to stop apologizing to the fake news and radical left maniacs and lunatics. How many ways can you say you're sorry? Joe, just go about what you do so well. Don't let them make you look weak and frightened. That's not you, and it never will be. President Trump is right. That's why President Trump has never apologized for any of the things that he tweeted that got him banned from Twitter. Because he shouldn't. That just projects weakness. He's exactly correct. The one thing that conservatives need to know is they, they don't want your apology. They want you destroyed. And if you use, or excuse me, if you offer the apology, they'll use it to create that destruction. Stand by what you say, stand by what you do, explain context where context has been denied by the left. That's fine. That's not apologizing. Explain in context, but never say, sorry I did it, sorry if I offended, because that's all the ammunition they need to continue to try to destroy your career. Now, again, the good news for Joe Rogan is it looks like this is not going to destroy his career if Rumble comes through. Or if Spotify stands by him and allows him to do what he does. But, um, but that's a lesson for all of us. If you run afoul of the cancel culture left-wing media mob, stand by your words. Explain them if necessary, but never apologize because they'll never forgive. The only thing they'll do is use your apology as a weapon to destroy you. Citizens for Free Speech a nationwide organization, a 501c3 nonprofit that I represent as Ohio director and the National Communications Director, Citizens for Free Speech is going to fight for Joe Rogan. They're going to fight for all of our free speech rights. I promise you that. Join us by texting CFFS, Citizens for Free Speech, CFFS, to this number, 313131. 
Pretty easy, right? 313131. Text CFFS. Join and become a member of CFFS so that we can fight for our speech rights and fight for people like Joe Rogan, who are uh, squarely in the crosshairs of the cancel culture. 925, I'll be right back. Okay, 928, let's get a couple of uh, phone calls in here before the bottom of the hour. I do want to hear from you in this entire first hour because uh, we've got Kersenau in hour number two, as you know, on a Tuesday. Let's go to uh, John, who's calling us from Chardon. Hi, John, you're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Hey, Bob. I ran into a company online that has uh, a thriving business making masks that you can breathe through. So you can be politically correct and still breathe normally. Okay. Is there? What, what, was there? Yeah, I'm waiting for you, John, if, to get to your uh, your point. What's the point? Well, that's it. You know, I just F, FYI. Oh, all right. Well, listen. Uh, the mask issue is dead. Thanks for the call, John. It's dead. Uh, dead. Did I say it loud enough? Dead. It is dead. Why is it dead? Because the left knows the midterms are coming, and they know that people are sick and tired of mask requirements, particularly for their children in schools. That's why the governor of New Jersey, radical, wild leftist who has had their uh, children locked down with masks on their face, these face diapers, since the beginning, uh, he said he announced an end to it March 7th because of declining COVID numbers in the state. Ned Lamont, radical left-wing governor of Vermont, announcing, I think it's in the middle of this month, end to the mask mandates. It's happening all over the place because the left realizes if we keep strapping these things on despite no scientific evidence whatsoever, none showing that they work in stopping COVID, if we keep this up between now and November, we're sunk. Now, the reality is they're already sunk, but this is their attempt to try to, uh, to try to stem the tide, if you will. They're trying to say, look, we don't, we're not, we're not infringing upon the people or our children either. Look at what we've done. We've removed all of these mask mandates. New York Post columnist Carol Markowitz wrote, super glad that the Dem governors all got the oh crap, we're about to get smoked in the midterms. Change course memo today. But as a country, we need the admission. Masks don't work and will never, ever return. And I completely concur with that. That's exactly what we need to say. That, that they never worked, they don't work now, and they never will against things like coronavirus. We have been played for suckers for two years. So I don't care if there's breathable masks. And the reality is if it's breathable, that means that your germs can come go through it and get out anyway. So I don't know what the point of that would be. Thanks for the call, though, uh, for bringing up the issue. I wanted to yell about that anyway this morning, so you made it easy for me, John. News time. We'll come back. More calls right after this. Spreading the light of liberty and holding the line against the darkness of tyranny. Always right with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 937, I've got 23 minutes to get phone calls from you at 216-901-0945. Seriously, dial right now if you want to get on because our number two is going to be filled with personnel as we do each and every Tuesday. Uh, TJ, call us from Cleveland on Always Right. Hey, TJ, go ahead, my friend. Yeah, hi, Bob. 
you know, Bob, these libtards are making a huge mistake if they think they're going to declare war on the truckers. You know, these truckers are a rare breed. They're a throwback to old America like Daniel Boone or Wild Bill Hickok. They won't back down if you threaten them. They'll push back harder. And nobody, nobody in this country has the ability to lock a nation down even more than the Biden mandates than the truckers. They're playing with fire if they go after these people. You know, I completely concur. There is so much support that they have, not just for the truckers, but for the trucker, you know, the, the supporters uh, who are willing to risk being arrested or being jailed for bringing them gas to keep their rigs running, uh, bringing them food and supplies, donating up to over $10 million in the GoFundMe account. And now I believe over $5 million in another uh, uh, with another service because GoFundMe is freezing their assets and freezing that money. Uh, the support for them, I agree with you, TJ. Uh, they're, they're messing with the wrong people. These are the people, and thanks for the call. Look, we use as, um, you know, a, a, a public, a population, uh, or whatever you want to call us, a society, we use the word heroes too much. Heroes are our military. Uh, veterans and active duty personnel, those who wear the uniform and put their lives on the line to defend freedom, to defend liberty, to defend, to, to defend this, uh, this, this wonderful republic. But heroes are also the nurses. I'll never back down from this. Uh, the nurses, uh, that have helped so many, forget about just COVID. You know, everybody says, oh, these are the heroes because they're helping people with COVID. Um, it's not just that. It's every day. Every day, people deal with horrific things, and I know personally, uh, you know, family members right now dealing with super incredible, challenging things, and their lives. Dare I say they would be lost um, without nurses, and that's to say nothing of the doctors. Don't get me wrong, but the nurses do the dirty work in addition to the life-saving work. Um, they're heroes. Not every hero wears a cape. Not every hero wears a, a U.S. flag patch on their arm either in the service. So we use, there are a lot of different types of heroes, and I'm going to tell you something. Truckers fit that bill. Now, maybe not the exact same way that a nurse does, or a soldier does, or an airman or a marine. Uh, I don't want to name all sailors and so forth. You understand, service personnel. Maybe not in the exact same way, but our country has nothing if not for our truckers doing everything they can to meet their deadlines, to get from point A to point B to fill your shelves, to stock the restaurants where you eat so that you don't go there and say, I'd like this, I'd like that, we're out of it, our truck didn't arrive. Oh, we don't have it, our truck didn't arrive. To go to the stores, why is that entire rack empty? Well, supply problem, our trucks didn't arrive. In normal times, you know, the trucking industry is the lifeblood of a society. Along with railways, don't get me wrong, I don't want to sit here and leave people out and then you get into that nonsense. But along with railways, along with, you know, the, the, the uh, shipping companies, you know, the cargo ships that are going back and forth uh, across the oceans, I mean, our supply chain is the lifeblood of the country. We all starve if we don't have food getting from point A to point B. Our farmers who grow it, the truckers who ship it, everybody who packages it, puts it on the shelves. I mean, there's a there's a supply line of heroes here. And I think we're finding that out right now up in Canada. TJ's right. That freedom convoy is filled with people that are, that are American or, in this case, Canadian heroes. And I think the solidarity between the two countries right now, at least those of us who believe in freedom, not those who support people like Justin Trudeau or Joe Brandon, 
Uh, I think that solid area has never been stronger, and they recognize, yeah, you don't mess with these people. I'm going to share something with you, just because TJ brought it up. Boy, I'm really doing an impromptu kind of a show this morning. People are bringing things up. I wasn't going to talk about it at that point, but I have to, because it reminded me of something. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to ad-lib this, because I got a text message yesterday from Dr. Piper, who's going to, of course, be on with us on Thursday, as he always is. I got a text message from Dr. Piper and said, I had 94,000 likes to this Facebook post over the last couple of days because people are ticked and waking up. And what is the Facebook post? The Facebook post says, I'll stand with these guys over the Beltway buffoons any day of the week. Hashtag proud truck driver's son. And here's the message. I have always been more inclined to believe the ruck of hardworking people than to believe that special and troublesome literary class to which I belong. I prefer the people who see life from the inside to the people who see it from the outside. G.K. Chesterton, Chesterton, uh, Orthodoxy 1908. That's uh, the add-in from, uh, from Dr. Piper. And now here is the letter from a trucker who's in the Freedom Convoy. Hello, everyone. We made it to Thunder Bay today. I have a hard time finding words to express the momentum on this convoy. The convoy is 100 kilometers long and growing all the time. The support people have is overwhelming. Coming into Winnipeg yesterday was pretty emotional. The comm radios went pretty quiet because no one could find words to express what we felt. There were people packed on the shoulders of the streets. Cars parked and people for miles and miles on the ring road around the city. The horns never stopped honking. On the four-lane going out of Winnipeg, we thought it was hammer-down time, but ended up driving 5 to 20 kilometers an hour for hours and hours. People had campfires going in the ditches, fireworks, a sprayer with booms uh, out with big thank you. I'm not sure what a sprayer with booms out, big thank you, but okay. Signs on the booms. Oh, booms. Okay, they mean booms. Uh, signs on the booms. Crane trucks with the bottoms up with signs, lights flashing, and flags. The shoulders of the four-lane were packed with people and cars. Overpasses packed with people, tons of families, little kids, all bundled up. Everyone was jumping, dancing, waving signs, flags, and flashlights. All in minus 30. Seeing how happy kids are, their smiles makes you a little emotional at times. This is how Canada is supposed to be. This morning, going into Ontario, the support is amazing. The laneways, crossroads, little towns, same things happening. Constantly speeding up and slowing for groups of people. I feel like I'm cheating with adaptive crews. When we came uh, came to Thunder Bay, they had a big area plowed off, tents put up, big fires, and an insane amount of food. Beef on the bun, spaghetti sandwiches. Oh, I'm sorry, there's a comma. <laughs> I was, I've never, <laughs> never had a spaghetti sandwich. There's a comma. Spaghetti, sandwiches, <laughs> coffee, donuts, and you name it. They bought pallets of windshield wiper fluid for us. Very humbling how kind everyone is. This is what freedom feels like. I felt normal for once, not alone like the last two years. Thanks for all the support. It is much appreciated. Well, I'm hitting the hay. Cheers. And thanks. So that was from one of the truckers in the Freedom Convoy, posted by a truck driver's son. And it is just going viral with tens of thousands. Now, since it was 94,000 the other day, it's over 100, hundreds of thousands of, of likes and uh, uh, you know uh, shares and so forth. 
And I think that is exactly what TJ just said. This is exactly what they don't get. They being the Justin Trudeaus, the Joe Brandons, the Vax mandators, the mask mandators, uh, the lockdown supporters. They don't get it. They don't understand what real freedom feels like to the middle class, blue collar, regular American and Canadian people. And they don't know how hard we will fight for it. They think because they have some power to issue executive orders, and even in some cases pass some actual legislation through their their, uh, assemblies and legislatures, they think that they have the power over the people. And what they don't understand is that when free countries are built, particularly this one, it is the people who give them their power. And if the people can give them their power, it is the people who taketh away. And that's what we're seeing right now. And this is a slap in the face of reality to the Justin Trudeaus of the world, the dictator in charge of Canada right now. This is, this is literally just smacking them in the face. And that's why they know that the overwhelming majority of people, even those who were forced to get the vax to keep their jobs, are out there supporting the Freedom Convoy because they didn't want to do it and they don't want anybody else to have to do it. They know. And so that's why they have to try to disparage them by call them race, calling them racist, calling them violent, calling them, uh, 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 I'm trying to remember some of the other language, bigots or what other inappropriate things. Let me see if I have that real quick. What just one of the uh, remarks of Justin Trudeau? I might. I'm going to try to find it real super fast here if I can, and I may not be able to. Yeah. Um, but Justin Trudeau. Well, hold on. Maybe I, maybe I do have it. I want to try to grab this if I can. No, I guess I don't have it handy. I'm sorry. Justin Trudeau called essentially those uh, individuals who were taking part of this convoy and those who supported it a fringe group a fringe minority group of Canadians that are out there trying to buck the system of the over 90% of the truckers who actually took the jabs, and that these are people who are just trying to uh, cause problems, and they're bigots, and they're doing inappropriate things, and I don't support protests like that. I support good protests like Black Lives Matter. Johnny, you said you have this? Let me hear Justin Trudeau. I have attended protests and rallies in the past, uh, when I agreed with the goals, when I supported the people uh, expressing their concerns and their issues, Black Lives Matter is an excellent example of that. But I have also chosen to not go anywhere near protests that have expressed hateful rhetoric, violence towards fellow citizens, uh, and a disrespect uh, not just of science, but of uh, the frontline health workers and, quite frankly, the 90% of truckers who have been doing the right thing to keep Canadians safe, to put food on our tables. All right, that's enough. That's enough. This guy is going to get run out of the uh, the office. I, I had the interview with Randy Hillier from the Provincial Parliament on Friday. If you didn't hear it, go to whkradio.com, the podcast page, and hear it. They're going to try to have a vote of no confidence or non-confidence, as they call it in Canada, to remove Justin Trudeau for just that sort of thing. And before I go to more calls, let me just hit this real super fast. He is lamenting this Freedom Convoy protest and saying, I don't stand for with, in support of things like this. I stand in support of protests that I believe in, like the Black Lives Matter protests. 
The Black Lives Matter protests, particularly those in the summer of George Floyd in 2020, which lasted for months and months and months in cities all across America and perhaps in some in Canada too, resulted in billions of dollars in property damage and hundreds of deaths. Hundreds and hundreds of police officers either killed or wounded and hospitalized needing treatment for the assaults that they took. This guy then says these protests, because to, according to all reporting that I have seen, and I've been following this as closely as I can, there has not been one death. There has not been one attack. There has not been one window smashed, one fire set, one building looted. There has been nothing but screams in support of liberty and freedom. And Justin Trudeau, like Joe Brandon, supports the Black Lives Matter protesters instead. The ones who destroy, steal, assault, attack, injure, and kill. That's who gets the support of Justin Trudeau and Joe Brandon. But a bunch of truckers, middle-class, hard-working Canadians in this case, and Americans who support them, and hundreds of thousands of people lining a hundred miles of road to support them, they're the ones who are considered to be the threats and the dangers to democracy, as they say. It's, um, it's really hard to wrap your brain around that. At least it is for me. Milton is calling us from Beechwood. Uh, Milton, you're on the air. Go right ahead, sir. I love you, man. Um, I, I remember you when you were on TAM, and I, I met Ray Davis once, and I asked him the question, how did you let, uh, how did you let uh, Bob get away? And he gave me a cockamamie answer about a, a night well, you know, rating or something. You know what, Milton? I Listen, my friend, God bless you, and I really appreciate that. I prefer not to think about the past or things yeah, like that. Yeah, God bless you. Yeah, I, no, I, I mean that, to... and I appreciate your support, but yeah, I, you know, that kind of stuff isn't something, stuff I'm comfortable talking about on the air, yeah. other than to hey, say Bob, thank you for the kind Bob, words. I I, God bless you for that. Why don't we bring up that south border more? That, that's the, the first thing he did. The first two things he did, those were the worst hundred days, and I once wrote a letter to that effect to the Jewish news. Anyway, you keep going. I love what you do. Thank you, Milton, and God bless you for that. I, I'm going to steal that, by the way. I've never heard it called that way, referred to the worst 100 days. We always talk about the first 100 days of a presidency, and as you called it, the worst 100 days, and you're correct. It's the worst 100 days, I think, at the beginning of any presidency in American history. Thank you, sir. God bless you. Uh, no, I had a, I had a, I'm very blessed to have been in radio for 25 years, and I spent 14 of them in another station in this market. Uh, I prefer to look at the present. And this is now my eighth year on WHK AM 1420, The Answer, and I've never been more blessed. That's how I want to leave that, and thank you. God bless. Uh, More calls right after this. Giving you today's most important news. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Always right with Bob France. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. On AM 1420, The Answer. Yeah, stop what you're doing and listen to Kersenow next hour. Don't forget about that. Uh, Pete has got a lot. He's loaded up. I promise you this. I talked to him uh, last night. He's loaded up. 
uh, with uh, great commentary this morning on a host of issues. We're going to hit uh, Vincent Westlake next, though. Wants to talk about that freedom convoy that is a threat, apparently, to democracy. Hey, Vince, go ahead. How you doing, Bob? Good, Thanks Vince. Take my call. Yes, sir. Yeah, I, you know, first of all, just to reiterate one of the points that I wanted to make that you mentioned earlier, you know, where is all this violence and foul rhetoric and everything else that these truckers are supposed to be doing? It seems to me the groups that uh, Trudeau has supported in the past, Black Lives Matters, Antifa, things like that, those are the very people that are guilty of what he accuses the truckers of doing. That's number one. So he's definitely got it backwards. But Trudeau and some of his other ilk up there in, in his, the, the leadership there and uh, our unfortunate uh, left-wing reporters on CNN and other places have, you know, basically referenced that, you know, they're trying to destroy democracy. Somebody needs to remind them this is what democracy looks like. This is how we were founded. This is how Canada was founded. And somebody needs to bring it back up to them that, you know what, every generation's had to fight for their freedom. What makes us think we get away scot-free? That is so well said. That is so well said. We seem to think that all the battles that ever needed to be fought to give us a free republic have been fought. And all we got to do is, ah, oh, just sit here and bask in the glow and enjoy what they gave us. And yep. while, and while we do, yeah, we, I'm sorry, what was the last part? No, just, you know, we think all we need to do is just sit back and ride it out like you oh, said. Oh, right. Enjoy it. No, right, like it'll... True. Right, like it'll always be there. You know, there, look, a lot of great civilizations have fallen because the people got complacent, because they did, they forgot what made them great. And I'm talking about free ones, not necessarily dictatorships and so forth. Um, but yeah, you're exactly right. We seem to think that they did all the hard work. All we get to do now is enjoy it and it'll always be there. Nothing will always be there. You know what I, uh, you know, you can, you can, um, uh, equate it to or uh, analogize it to is is your your health, your house, your car. It doesn't matter. It can be great, but if sure. you don't provide what's necessary to keep it up, it will eventually fall into disrepair. Your house will, your car will, your body will. What makes us think that our republic can't fall into disrepair if we don't constantly do what needs to be done to maintain and keep it up? And we're watching it fall into disrepair right now right before our eyes exactly and, right and, and and i hope i hope i hope this guy that occupies the white house right now is paying attention because yeah, it's, it's coming vince that's Thanks, a great Bob. call thank you that's great great wording too i really appreciate that i mean honestly this this republic is almost in hospice uh and, and it's up to us to try to get it back to where it needs to be there's no question uh christine is calling us from amherst next hi christine you're on the air go right ahead hey bob you gotta love the truckers I do. I do. I love it. I just, I just have two quick comments. Sure. I'm reading Robert Kennedy's book on Dr. Fauci. I'm a little more than halfway through. If you read this book, you will know for sure we've been had with respect to COVID, the masking, the vaccine. It's, it's so revealing. Um, Dr. Fauci should be in prison. Um, and the other comment I wanted to make is that... We are, I we are, hold on, if you may, uh, or if you would, uh-huh. please. Um, Marcy, I, I think we're endeavoring to get uh, Robert Kennedy on to talk about that book, <gasps> or if not Robert Kennedy, the publisher, or somebody associated with it. But I know that we are in, we are efforting right now, um, getting him on to talk about that. You know, we try to talk to as many of these people as possible who are on the side of science and trying to present facts and reality instead of the fear that is being promoted by the propaganda. So, uh, yeah, I I have not read it myself. I have read enough about it, and we are going to try to talk to him to get a real, uh, you know, expert's view of this. So I'll let you know and announce that and promote it as best I can whenever we make that happen. I'm sorry, what was your other point? That would be great. And the only other point I wanted to make was I am giving serious consideration um, 
for my vote for Joe Blystone as governor. I've heard him speak a couple of times, and I, I guess the thing I like about him most is he's, he's a, a great businessman. He's, he's a solid conservative, and he's not a typical politician. And that's all I wanted to say. Okay. Uh, listen, I, 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 thank you, Christine. I appreciate the call. Um, we're going to try to get Joe Blystone on again. We had him on a few months ago. We're going to try to get him on again soon. Um, I'm going to respectfully disagree only because I, a split anti-DeWine vote means Mike DeWine is governor again. And Joe Blystone is, is, is polling so far down in the single digits, it's not even close to being possible. Um, and I think his him throwing his support behind a real person who has a chance, such as Jim Renacci, who is leading Mark, Mike DeWine by eight points in a head-to-head battle, could do great things for this state. And I think Jim Renacci is that guy. Uh, and I'm going to talk to Joe Blystone about it. I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him why he's still in it, and if he, uh, you know, if, if he knows he can't win it, if he will do something to stop Mike DeWine. He cares about the people of the state, he says. We're going to put that to the test and find out. Uh, we'll get him on sooner, hopefully, rather than later. All right, quick time out here for news. On the other side, it's cursing out time, AM 1420, The Answer. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.